Welcome to the Firetime Podcast, where it's never hot enough, slow is fast, and the way to win is to make it so stupidly easy to buy from you that there's no excuse not to. I'm your host, Tim Reed. And guys, as always, I'm so excited to be here today. Thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast. Well, guys, I say it every single episode, but today we have two special guests that I'm so excited to talk to. They are actually return guests from last season. So last season in episode, I think it was three, we talked to Carter Harkins and Taylor Hill from Spark Marketer out of Nashville, Tennessee. And these guys are good friends that have been putting out just amazing, relevant marketing and sales content to help businesses in the hearth industry for years. You know, when I first came in contact with Carter and Taylor, it was, oh man, it was years ago at a trade show, maybe five years ago in New Orleans or something like that, but they were teaching a course, actually a couple courses about how to run a sales team, how to design your website and do SEO work, and I was just taking like pages and pages and pages of notes, and it's so cool that over the last few years, we've become friends and we're bouncing ideas off of each other because the stuff that they have is amazing. Now, in today's episode, we are going to be talking about literally the biggest reason that your company is losing money, and that's follow-up. Now, I know that you're going to roll your eyes. Don't do it. I'm serious when I say that follow-up is costing your business hundreds of thousands of dollars, if not millions. We're going to get into why this is, but if we are in sales, if we're running a team, we have to be following up with our customers. It is literally one of the most important parts of the sales process, and the truth of the matter is that most companies have no idea how to do it, and it doesn't get done. You know, I've worked for some great companies in the past, but we never had a follow-up system. It was always inconsistent, and we would kind of fall into sales as opposed to going out and intentionally getting them. Now, if you roll your eyes and you think, well, I don't want to bug customers. This guy's just a sleazy salesperson trying to get them to spend money. Stop it. I'm going to tell you, stop it. You don't want to let that cynicism in because what happens is if you view what you do as a service, following up with a customer is you bringing them medicine for a problem that they have. That should be a joy to you and a joy to them. So we are going to jump into why follow-up is so critical. If you circle back at the end, I've got some amazing news for you as well. Now, the last thing I'll say before we get started is that I'm going to be speaking out in Kansas City in the month of June. So if you live in the, I mean, general Midwest area and can make it to Kansas City, I'll be speaking at the Midwest HPBA Conference. And it's actually going to be at Topgolf on June 4th and 5th. So if that sounds like something that you want to attend, you can go to midwesthpba.org and sign up. That's midwesthpba.org. What I'll be speaking about specifically is how to run your team in a way that makes it easy for customers to buy and how your sales and marketing can play into that. The following day on June 5th, I'll actually be sitting on a panel to talk about the impending implications of the NSPS. It's a big deal, and we got to be thinking about what we're going to do with all those wood-burning products. Now, with all that said, we'll circle back at the end and talk about this, but I can't wait for you to hear this conversation. This is one that you need to send to your sales team. Joining me from Nashville, Tennessee, are the founders of Spark Marketer and return guests to the show. I am joined today by Carter Harkins and Taylor Hill. What's up, guys? How's it going? Hey, Tim. Good to see you. It's going great. How about you, bud? Hey, it's going good. Now, I was laughing because you know I'm looking at you through a uh, video camera now over Skype, but I just got to see you actually last week in Dallas, Texas, and, and that was awesome. I don't get to see you guys very often face-to-face. 
That was good. It was a great convention. Yeah, really was. So I'm excited to have you guys back on the show. And your episode last season actually got a lot of hits where people have been asking for more content from you guys about marketing and SEO and just what we can do to start helping businesses grow more. And I was really excited to bring you back on today to talk about something that I'm convinced is the silver bullet for the hearth industry. And it's something that every business is missing. And that is follow up. Do you guys agree with that? Absolutely. Yeah. So can I just tell a quick story about, uh, you know, why we think it's so important? Oh, yeah. It's your show. Go for it. So we're a marketing agency and, you know, for years helping clients get found online and, and you know, really helping with their 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 presence. We would ask customers, you know, what what is it you really need help with, right? What is it that that's your biggest concern or your biggest need? And the answer is always, um, you know, what I need is I need my phone to ring. I need more leads. And so, we, you know, that's what we focused on. That's what we brought. You know, let's make your phone ring. Let's get you attention. Let's, you know, make sure your presence online is getting you everything you need. And we just always figured, okay, once they get a lead, then they've got systems in place to be able to take that lead and that opportunity and do what needs to be done to, you know, find out what that customer's need is and then present, a, you know, here's, here's the solution and here's how much it's going to be and then follow up and everything else all the way through to the very end. Well, it turns out that that's not true at all. And in fact, our customers have been so focused on the front door that they're completely ignoring the back door. They're completely ignoring that whole follow-up process that has to happen in order to have a world-class sales solution, right? I mean, any sales process, if you're going to call it world-class, it has to include follow-up of some sort, right? A follow-up process. And when we realized that our customers were just dropping the ball there, we decided we need to fix this for them. We need to help them with this part of it as well. Not just helping them bring in business, but helping them close it too. I'm so glad that you went there. You know, I've been in this industry now for a little over a decade, and I'm convinced that 99% of the companies out there have no way to follow up with their customers that's systemic and repeatable over and over. Like I think about, (laughs) I hate to, I hate to say this, I'm not going to call anybody out, but you know, businesses that I've worked for in the past, what we had was a dusty old file, like cabinet in the corner. And if if you didn't close an estimate, it got put in that file cabinet and maybe six months later, if a customer happened to walk in the store, you'd have to go walk over to the file cabinet. You'd, you'd, you'd blow all the dust off of it. You'd sort through it, try to find the bid, pull it out, and hey, I'm ready to, I'm ready to make that sale. And I remember one time that one of the owners in the company came to the sales team and was so angry. And the owner said, I tallied up the dollar amount of estimates that are in there, and we're sitting on like $2 million of business that's not closed. What are we going to do about it? And I remember, I mean, this is years and years and years ago, and I'm thinking, huh, I never really thought about it that way. Now, <laughs> but we never had a system. And I think that's where most businesses are, is that, is that they don't take it that seriously. I'm convinced this is the silver bullet. And I think companies are literally losing millions of dollars by not following up with their customers. Is that fair, Taylor? I think it's absolutely fair. And, you know, I came from both financial sales and in the mortgage business, mortgage sales. And there's some really good ways to follow up. But in in those two different sales situations, whatever you made was what you ate. It's kind of, you know, you you sell what you kill, if you will, or equal situations. So, I mean, there's, it's it's really important for people to understand where the money really is, is in the follow-up 
And one of the things that you have to do, I don't care what kind of sales you're in, you have to be diligent about following up. And the reality is you spend so much time getting that lead or, or speaking with that person or whatever you're doing, you spend all this upfront money. So to do nothing on the back, the back end to close the deal is, is really ludicrous if you think about it. Oh, it, it's crazy. It's totally crazy. And I, and I love that you guys talked about the front door versus the back door. So like you think about a sales funnel. I mean, everyone's seen a sales funnel, right? It's really big at the, at the top and then it gets narrow and narrow as you get to the bottom. By the time you get to the, to the point where you've written a customer up an estimate, they are getting to the bottom of the funnel. And so the, like why cus why businesses would not work more closely with customers at the bottom of the funnel is insane. Why do you try to fill the funnel up when you don't have a system to work through the people that are already further down? And th people think advertising is the answer. And when I go talk to businesses, I'm like, look, if you don't have a follow-up system, we can't even have an advertising conversation because you're not, you're not even taking care of the leads that you have. Why are you going to try to get more leads? And so the cost per lead, right, if you're, if, you're, if you're doing a halfway decent job of evaluating the effectiveness of your marketing, then you're trying to understand how much it costs you to get a lead, right? How much, how much advertising revenue or how much advertising money do I need to spend in order to get 10 people to come in the, uh, into the store or let's say 100 people to come into the store out of those 100 to give 50 estimates out of those 50 estimates to close 25 of them, right? A 50%, yep. Yep. which is, you know, actually really good in hearth. So, you know, I mean, what are, what are, what are we looking at? What is the, 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 the amount of money I'm willing to spend or that I can afford to spend to get that qualified person from, you know, an initial website visit all the way through to a closed sale and money in the bank. Well, if you're not going to follow up with that person, you know, the, those, those people who get down, like you said, to the bottom of the funnel where you're actually, um, you've already presented an estimate, right? And you know that they're, they're that interested and that all that is left is that last piece of saying, okay, we're ready to go. What do you need to get started? If you're not going to do the follow-up to coach them through that process or to, to gently lead them to yes, then the cost of the lead way up at the top of that funnel is just, you know, sometimes three and four and five times as much Yeah. because, because you're not, you're not doing what you need to do to turn more of those people into actual sales. So the, the, even though it requires more effort at the bottom of the funnel and it's not as easy to do at the bottom of the funnel, or it doesn't feel easy to do at the bottom of the funnel. It's that's where the money is made. The fortune is in the follow-up. Yep. And I think that that's actually what makes a salesperson. You know, if you get someone in one time in, one time out, that's great. But honestly, you're an order taker. They were coming in to buy and you just happened to be there to take the order. But the follow-up is like the discipline of sales that and like that's where it's like sales is is really boring. It really is because it's a game of arithmetic. And follow up. You know, I think a couple of weeks ago in, in the podcast, I was talking about how sales is a game of arithmetic and self awareness. And and the arithmetic is the follow up. It's that if I get enough customers and I follow up enough times, I'm gonna get more sales. And I'm just convinced that that's where the gold is. And businesses are literally losing millions of dollars because of it. I mean, if you think about you know this example in the past of like we had like two million bucks just sitting in that dusty old file cabinet. And sure, you're not going to get all of them, but if we followed up with those customers, maybe we'd get 10%, and there's 200 grand. Dude, you do that for five years, that's a million dollars that your business would not have. So like, 
this is literally a multi-million dollar problem for these big businesses. No joke. Yeah, it, and not only that, I'll just I'm going to go one step further, and I, and I may offend some people, and that's okay. Y'all can y'all can email me. I'm going I'm to put your personal address in the show notes here. That's fine. That's, <laughs> here's the thing: we are really business owners are really good at lying to ourselves. We're really, really good of saying that we have a process in place, and we're really good at saying all of our guys follow that process because <laughs> it's what we want, okay? it It's what we want to happen, and we're just really sure that that's what's happening. And I talked to a lot of guys when I said, what's your process? Oh, my salespeople, my technicians, they follow up on everyone. I said, really? They follow up on everyone? Yep, everyone, no doubt. And they turn around and leave. Or they say, I have a system in place that reminds them to follow up. And I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it happens. (laughs) Yeah, that they follow up. So let me just tell you a story about one of the businesses that that I was working with. Put a follow-up system in place. What he found out because he now was receiving emails from the clients that all his guys were supposedly, now that we're on video, I can air quote, follow up on. What he realized is nobody was following up. It floored him. What he thought was going on was not going on at all. So at some point, as a business owner or a sales manager or just a salesperson, we have to really be honest with ourselves and say, what are we really doing? And yep. that's the question everybody has to ask. What is what is what are we what's really happening here? We may have a process written down, but you know, what's really going on? And we have to answer those questions. Well, so if you're a business owner listening to this, I mean, we're coming out guns blazing saying, look, if you're not following up with your customers, you're losing tons and tons of money. But follow up is far from easy. Why is it so hard for businesses to follow up with their customers? That's a great question. Something we've really looked at, you know, because in sales, there's all sorts of psychological hurdles, right? I mean, somebody who's never done sales before thinks that it's going to be hard because I, you know, I don't want to feel pushy. I don't want to seem like I'm, you know, trying to make people do something they don't want to do, right? So you get through those hurdles about communication and you're not, you're not forcing something on someone. You're, you're guiding them toward a better you know, solution than they ever imagined possible. You're trying to make their lives better, right? Well, when it comes to follow-up, there's a real interesting psychological hurdle because nobody likes to pick up the phone and call someone to find out whether they're about to be rejected or not. And that once you've presented an estimate, then all of the, the feeling of, okay, I've brought them, I've led this horse to water And now it's up to them to decide whether or not they're going to drink, right? I've done everything I can on my side of this equation. Now the ball is in their court. And follow-up feels like the most risky part of that. And so we can put up all sorts of psychological resistance to the act of following up. I mean, I know when I have a list of people I need to call back, I can find any number of things day with besides making that list of, you know, phone calls go away. And so I, I can, you know, I mean, it doesn't matter clipping my toenails, whatever, right. I'm going to find things that I need to do that are super important to me because the, the act of picking up the phone and making a phone call to inquire if somebody's ready to do business or not, um, is just, a is, is a bridge too far. And that's true for most salespeople. And, and so here's what we've learned. If a salesperson's job is to do nothing but sales, if that's the only role that they have in their, in their job, then they'll do a better job of following up. 
Uh, and what that means is they'll they'll make a phone call, right? They'll they'll call the customer and usually leave a voicemail uh, because nobody answers their phone anymore. So it's a voicemail. Hi, Mrs. Smith. Just checking to make sure that you have everything you need. Uh, call me back, please, and and let me know. Or I look forward to hearing from you. Whatever it is, right? Some people don't even make a phone call. Some people it's it's an email. Um, but whatever it is, it's usually just one of them, right? One one attempt. For technicians in the field and in many chimney and hearth businesses that that uh, both sell on the retail side as well as do the service uh, in the home. Uh, if it's the technician who is selling in the home, they see the opportunity and present the uh, the repair or the the options for, uh, you know, fireplace rebuild or whatever it may be. Then that technician is actually incredibly, I mean, that's that's what they do. They solve problems all day. They drive from home to home. They see the technical issues, and that's what they're there to do. Sales is that other thing that's just the necessary thing my boss tells me I need to do because I'm right there, you know, boots on the ground. I'm the one at ground zero who sees what's really going on. Uh, so I'm the best one to present an estimate. But they don't see themselves as salespeople. You know, no matter how much sales training they get, they're always in their minds a technician first. And so the likelihood of them following up yeah. is actually almost – it just never happens. Yeah, it's a sales so, professional that follows up. Yes, mm-hmm. right. And and so those that don't follow up and think that they're skilled at selling, really it's not skill, it's luck. Totally. You know? Follow-up is where the money really happens. And any salesperson who's been, you know, veteran in the trenches selling whatever, they'll tell you that's where the majority of the money gets made. Well, and one thing, too, that, I mean, I really want to drill down down on this before we get into some other things, but, but this is a big deal. And the truth of the matter is that in the hearth industry, we don't have a lead problem. We have a follow-up problem. You know, I mean, I'll take more leads, by all means, give them to me. But honestly, it's the follow-up that's the bigger issue than, than the leads. And a little while back, I was having dinner with um, some different companies that, that do just an amazing job. There are these great businesses selling a ton of fireplaces. And over dinner, we're talking about different things. And I just asked one of them, I said, hey, you know, do you have a process for your follow-up? And they kind of looked a little embarrassed and they said, you know, we really don't. I mean, maybe we call them back one time, but we, we don't have a, we don't have a system to do that. And it would probably, it would probably really help us to have that in place. And so I think that this is like, this is not a conversation to shame people. Cause the truth of the matter is that almost no one has a process like this. What it is, is it's a conversation to alert people of the opportunity where it's like, exactly. if, if the last three, four years have been good for your business and you haven't followed up, holy cow, what's going to happen when you start following up? And I mean, that's, that's where I think this conversation is. is it's not in shaming anybody, right? No, not at all. I mean, that's what we saw as an agency was how many, how many sales that we bring, you know, that they're paying us to help get to them, you know, these lead opportunities, uh, and, and how many weren't, weren't closing. We realized this is a huge opportunity, uh, for just a slight improvement. And if, if there's anything we can do to help on that, then we should absolutely do it because it, it, it causes them to have better results from what we're doing on the front end. And it creates this additional revenue for them on the back end that is just easy, low hanging fruit. And so that was really it. I mean, for a, for a hearth company, I mean, I can definitely speak to, you know, service businesses for every million dollars in revenue that a service business does. There's about $2.5 million worth of estimates that have been provided, you know, out there. So, I mean, it's a two to five, 2.5 to one ratio of, uh, of opportunity to actual revenue. Uh, and if we can improve that even 15 or 20%, Holy cow, yeah. 
totally changes the the business. And that's something that, like you said, it's not about being ashamed of the fact that I don't have a system. It's, wow, here's the biggest opportunity, right? I say this a lot. The easiest way to make more money tomorrow is to follow up on yesterday's leads today. There you go. Say that one more time. The easiest way to make more money tomorrow is to follow up on yesterday's leads today. I love it. <laughs> that is great. Well, so so diving into this, the statistic says that 48% of salespeople never follow up with a prospect. So half the people out there don't follow up. Right. 25% make a second contact and stop. 12% only make three contacts and stop. And then only 10% of salespeople make more than three contacts. Okay, so if you've got 100 salespeople in a room, there's only 10 that are calling a customer back more than three times. Now, here's the back end of that stat is that 2% of sales are made on the first contact with a customer. 3% are made on the second. 5% on the third. 10% on the fourth. And 80% of sales are made between the fifth and the 12th contact. And I feel like, you know, statistics can always be skewed, but Taylor, I mean, that's telling us something, isn't it? Yeah. And, and I tell you, I believe it just because if you're in a standalone sales position, what you realize is that people are so busy today. If you're not following up, they're moving on. I mean, that's just the way it works. Uh, I'll just give you a, a personal just a personal story to me that just happened not too long ago with my gutters. I had a gutter company, best gutter company ever came out. They did everything I asked them to do. They didn't leave me anything behind. Six months go by, and my wife the other day says, hey, we need our gutters cleaned again. Do you remember what the name of that company is? And I'm like, uh, no. Because they didn't follow up with me on the repairs I asked them to do. So when they were out there, they did all this stuff. But the one repair I asked them to give me an estimate on, and which they did. And I said, I'm not quite ready right now, but I think I'll be ready in the spring. And I've not heard back from them since. And it's a pretty good repair. So that's what I'm talking about. I mean, It's just doing what you are asked to do. When you go out and you're having a relationship with someone and you give them an estimate, what happens is that's an assumed relationship. You're not bugging them to go back. You're actually inquiring. And that's a mind shift. That's a, I don't want to bug people. I don't want to bother them. It's not that at all. You get going. I didn't even think about it again until my wife said something. Does that make sense? And then all of a sudden, I, I don't know, because they, they, never, they never got back to me when I asked them to. So now I got to go out and find a company to do the repairs. And that's exactly what happens to everybody else. So if you're not in front of somebody and top of mind, yeah, they're going to move on. Well, and that's why in this industry, I mean, I say it all the time whenever I teach on sales, is that we lose more jobs to indecision, the competition. No, we either confuse people out of buying fireplaces or we don't follow up with our prospects and they just decide not to do anything. I mean, yeah. and, and same thing with the gutters. I mean, it hasn't been done. And at some point you'll do it when your wife bugs you or maybe you just say, ah, well, it's not that bad. We can kind of get along without it. And you just kind of limp along. But, you know, I love that you talked about the idea of, of bugging people because I get that a lot. People say, well, if you follow up like this, you know, every week or every three days or every two weeks, whatever it is, people are going to think I'm bugging them and that's not what I'm in business to do. And, and I'm like, dude, if you truly think of what you do as a service, 
Mm-hmm. It is not bugging the customer. It is offering them a service that they want completed. And for you to not follow up, you're actually wasting their time because they've spent time online researching. They've driven to your showroom. That You've spent time in their home writing up the estimate. And then you don't follow up with them. It's like, how dare you waste their time like that? If you're not even going to do the due diligence of following up, why waste your time in the first place going out there? They got better things to do. We hear from consumers quite often that uh, that the reason a customer, I mean, the reason they chose a business to do business with, is because that business did a better job of communicating at all the key transactional points yeah. than anyone else did, and it's not because they did, you know, they they had better reviews and all of those other things. Maybe they did, maybe they didn't, but it's that when I reached out to inquire about making an appointment. They got back to me. And when I didn't get back to them, you know, when they left a voicemail and I didn't get back to them in a timely manner, they followed up again. I got emails that confirmed things. I got another message that asked, to, you know, uh, how, how things went after the service. You know, I mean, all of these points of transaction, there was communication. Well, one of those things in the process of nurturing that communication or that relationship with the customer is when an, when an estimate is provided to not follow up with the customer assumes that. And go with me here because this – you may feel like this is a, a bit of a leap uh-huh. and, and it's, it's not to shame people. It's to help people understand the role that you play in their lives, right? They came seeking something. You gave them an estimate and they go away. And we tend to hold in our minds that 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 moment of of transaction, that moment where I gave them an estimate and they said, thank you, I need to think about this. We tend to think of that as salespeople in our heads as this – big moment that just stays preserved like that forever, right? That they're going to, that that customer is going to leave the the showroom floor. They're going to go about their day. They're going to pick up their kid. But the biggest thing on their mind is whether or not they want to do, <laughs> and, and they're going to go to dinner that night and talk to their spouse. And the biggest thing that's going to be the topic of conversation is whether or not they want to do that deal. And they're going to go to bed that night and they're going to toss and turn thinking about that deal. And the next day they're going to go to work and they're going to talk to their boss. But, and there's all these important decisions that are being made at work. But the thing that I'm really most concerned about and thinking about is that fireplace or that, yeah. you know, that whatever. So, It's not that way. Nobody. If you really think about it, you're getting back on their radar after they leave is a really tough thing to do. And it does not mean that you're not an important consideration or an important decision that needs to be made. It simply means that other things are crowding out their attention. They're busy. In these days, more than ever, there's more things to think about than we have time to think about them. By, By following up, you're simply saying... Uh, just a reminder that there's this open thing between us. I provided an estimate to you, and now I'm waiting to hear. At your convenience, please let me know. That's not bugging someone. That's simply reminding someone that there's something that they need to do. And that's actually a kindness. Yeah. Oh, it totally is. And I always give the analogy of the dentist office. You know, I mean, I'm super busy. And if if I'm going through my day and I get a call from the dentist's office, you know, I'll probably miss it because I'm busy. So at the end of the day, I'm checking my voicemails, and all of a sudden, it's this call. It's like, hey, Tim, we need you to come in for your cleaning. And in the back of my head, I'm like, oh, yeah, 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 I know I need a cleaning. But I delete the voicemail. I go on with my day. So then, you know, a couple days later, I get a call. I recognize the number. I screen it because I'm busy, and I got stuff going on. 
they leave me another voicemail. I just delete the voicemail. I don't listen to it. But in my head, I'm like, oh, yeah, I know I need to do this. My dude, my dentist office, like they're relentless. I mean, they're going to call me like every three, four days until I schedule that cleaning. And you know what? It usually takes them four or five times to reach me. But when they reach me and finally, like maybe I'm eating lunch or I'm, I'm on a break, I'm driving, I can take the call. When I pick up the phone and they say, hey, Tim, we just wanted to check back in and get your cleaning scheduled. I don't scream at them. Why have you been bugging me? I can't believe this. Why don't you just leave me alone? I say, Thank you so much. I've been busy. I appreciate you following up. Yeah, let's get that cleaning scheduled. Our customers are no different. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's the truth. And it's amazing how many times like on number five, six, and seven. So let me back up real quick because we're marketers. We really buy into the philosophy and it's a tested and true age-old axiom in marketing called the rule of seven touches, which says that it takes up to seven contacts with someone before they're ready to make a purchase decision. And these days, that's really more like 12. You know, I mean, it's seven is, is you're doing really good if you're, if you're getting someone's attention and ready to make a purchase decision in seven touches. Uh, but so, you know, in our follow-up process, we have instituted a, a, a system that will follow up seven times. And, you know, we, we automated it so that it just hands off and it just works. And, and it does. And it's amazing how many times in our data that we're looking at that customers on number six and number seven, right at the end of the, this seven-contact follow-up system, uh, how many of them finally say, yeah, thanks so much for following up. I appreciate your your consistency. You know, so much has gone on. I got a lot going on. But we're finally, we've made our decision. We're ready to do this. What do you need to get started? Well, I want to tell a story before we get to this because you guys have developed an unbelievable system of follow-up that, I mean, I'm laying my cards on the table. I'm a customer of it and I want to share this with our audience. So, before I get there, though, I want to tell you guys a story that you're really going to appreciate. So we've been pushing really heavy into the follow-up process for a couple years. It's been more recently that we, we've gotten on board with the solution that you guys provide. But one of my, one of my sales guys, we're in, we're in a meeting, this is a few months ago, and I'm talking about follow-up. And we're just talking about how it's going, how many attempts is it taking before we close, we keep records of this stuff, and we're just touching base on it. And one of the guys says, you know what, Tim? He goes... I, I'm, I've been thinking about getting the hardwoods redone in my house and I had someone come out a few weeks back to give me an estimate. I liked the estimate, but I was busy and I didn't have time to close the deal. And I'm, I'm actually really bugged because they never followed up with me. And I never thought I would say this, but I just wish that they would have called me because I'm busy. I haven't had time to call them. I've been working. If they would have called me, I just would have given them my credit card. But now they haven't gotten the job and I'm too busy to call them. So we'll just see whenever, it, you know, when it happens. But I think that it was so funny that now that we have a follow-up system, he's recognizing, wait a minute, I, am, I operate the same way as our customers do. Yeah. It's well, a, the biggest lie a salesperson tells himself is they'll tell me when they're ready. Yes. And here's the other thing that you have to know. People want to think that they're so important that somebody's going to think enough of them to follow up with yes. them. I mean, that shows that that customer is important to you. And, you know, one of the things that, that I will tell you, we built a system and yes, you got to pay for it, but there are ways to follow up just that don't cost you anything but time. Well, so before we go there, Taylor, because I want to get there, but I, I want to hit this system because honestly, guys, like, I mean, I'm just putting it on the table. This system is unbelievable. And frankly, Every business in the hearth industry needs to be using it. What is that system that you guys have created? It's so, called Closing Commander. Yeah, we call it, you take it. We call it Closing Commander, and it does one thing. We designed it to do one thing, which is a series of seven automatic follow-up emails 
sent over a specific period of time and you you have control over those you know the email the content as well as the spacing and the timing but as marketers we got real serious about testing the message and testing the the timing between the messages for to to optimize that to get the best result for service businesses and and hearth retail. So, you know, we tested with clients in these spaces. And what we found was we, we we settled on something that we were seeing a really good result with. So for the customers that get Closing Commander, they're not only getting a system to automate follow-ups, but they're actually getting proven templates and a schedule for sending those that right out of the box is, is guaranteed to make them more money. Yeah. And I mean, when you guys showed this to me, my jaw dropped. I mean, and, and literally I said, guys, this is what I need. And you get, you sh- told me the price of it. And I was like, are you kidding me? That's all I need to pay. And I can get my entire team on this. This is unbelievable. And it's something that more companies need to be taken advantage of. What kind of results have you guys seen from the companies that are using this? So that's the most exciting part for us, right? I mean, as we were testing this with our early customers, we were all over the map in terms of, of you know, dialing it in and really finding our sweet spot. But uh, once we did that, now the results that we're typically seeing, and this is pretty consistent for every business, is an arranged somewhere between 14% and 20% increase in the number of open estimates in the business that are that are turning into closed sales. So you know, we're not talking about a 20% overall close rate for the business, right? We're talking about 20% extra close rate on top of whatever it was that you were doing before an automatic follow-up system. So give me, give me a dollar amount. You have a bunch of businesses that are using this. What is the number one account? What have they gotten back in return from using Closing Commander? So they started eight months ago. They had a stack of estimates when they started. These were old estimates, like you said, the file cabinet full of, of uh, you know, estimates. Dusty and nobody estimates in the, the back. Yeah, nobody knew whether they were ever going to turn into anything or not. And so they got Closing Commander and they started entering in all of those those old estimates. Some of them, he said, as old as two years. Okay. In less than eight months, he's done half a million dollars worth of additional business. <laughs> And it just automatically came in without having to do anything except enter these these uh, you know people into the system to follow up, and people were like, "Yeah, I remember that was actually you know what, I think I want to go ahead and do that." Oh my <laughs> gosh! So literally a half million dollars yeah. by taking an hour and a half and entering in the last couple years worth of estimates into this, unbelievable. So, that is one of the more spectacular ones. So let me tell you about more of the common okay. ones that we see, okay? Usually within the first um, six months, they'll they'll hit a, a, a six-figure result, okay, uh, of some sort. I mean, we see many of them in two to three months. They're in six figures, uh, $100,000 or more that they've gotten back uh, out of this additional revenue. Um, so that's, that's a real common story that we see. Uh, it's hard to really talk about, you know, the dollar amount because every business, the size sure. of the business is so, different. uh, but, but 14 to 20%. So imagine in your business, you know, and, and if you know, I mean, if you have a system that can report it to you really quickly, you'll know exactly how many open estimates are out there and what the total value of those estimates are. If you could close 14 to 20% more of those and do it in, let's just, let's, let's stretch that out and just say, if you could do it over the next year get a 20% increase in the number of estimates that you close. What would that mean? How would you finish out oh this year? Oh my gosh. 
look like in terms of uh, additional revenue, then you start to really understand the power of this. Well, and that's where like, you know, and I'm all in for sales coaching. I'm all in for advertising and marketing. I really am. I think those things are needed in a business, but how often do companies go searching for these, I mean, answers that are so expensive. They bring in these consultants that are charging unbelievable prices, or they'll talk to advertising companies that say, we need to have you spend an additional $50,000 this year in TV advertising. And literally what you guys are offering is for like, one twenty fifth of that price for a year, you can, I mean, make money from the customers that you've already paid to get into your sales funnel. I mean, I'm just thinking about this. It's a no brainer. And, and I think that like, we just get it so backwards with the sales funnel. We talked about this earlier, but you know, you think about a sales funnel at the top of the funnel, it's very big as you get, you know, further and further down. And like, let's just take an average hearth store. So at the top level of your sales funnel, you've got the customers that come into your store. And then a little bit further down, you've got the customers that you get out to their house to do an in-home preview for. And then maybe a little bit further down, you've got the customers that you write up an estimate for, whatever your funnel is. The point is that the customers, you ask the question, is it easier to sell to customers at the top of the funnel or the bottom of the funnel, right? So if I've got a customer that doesn't know anything about my product, they don't know what I charge for it, they have no comparison of how I compare to other businesses, is it easier to sell to them? Or is it easier to sell to someone who has allowed me into their home, has looked at my price, and understands and trusts me? It's easier to sell to the second person. So that's where we got to put the effort. And we got to make sure that you know the, the sales funnel doesn't have a bunch of holes in it that we're letting people drop out without even getting the opportunity to do business with them. Yeah, that's it, right? I mean, it's so, and I love that you're talking about this, Tim, because I, to, I think you are probably one of the foremost experts in Hearth for sales training. I mean, you have, uh, I've talked to you more at length than uh, anyone else and heard, I've learned so much from you about the sales process and what that has to look like in order to be really a world-class sales process. I've talked to you about the way that you train your your staff and your salespeople. I've talked to you about the results that you expect from them and, and the what it takes in order to bring someone from just entering sales in this industry to really being a top performer. And you understand it and you've performed at a really high level. And so for you to really look at what we've built and talk about it in terms of how important it is and what an easy thing it is to add to your sales process in order to see a great result. To me, is just, uh, I, I so appreciate your vote of confidence in it. And, and I love the fact that you're seeing results with it too. Well, I appreciate that. I mean, those are really kind words and, and I've learned a lot from you guys too. Uh, you know, the podcast that you guys hosted for years, the blue collar proud show the content on there was just gold. And if anybody's listening to this, go back and subscribe to the Blue Collar Proud Show because, man, there's just some amazing nuggets in there that are going to grow your business. But I just think that it, it's just a no-brainer. I mean, when you guys showed this to me and you told me what the price of it was, I mean, a couple hundred bucks a month for an entire company. And I'm sitting there thinking, dude, if we can sell one fireplace from this for the entire year, it's just paid for itself. I, I, my jaw dropped and I was like, how, how are you not charging more for this? I mean, this is just, it's unbelievable. And, and, and I think, so here's the beauty of it is that I look at what you're doing and like I am your customer, but I am happy to pay full price for this amazing thing because it is a service. This is, I've got a pain point and you guys are offering me medicine for that. And I think that the same thing is true. We can flip the script to the customers that are coming in to buy fireplaces from it, from us, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they they are they are looking to you to give them information, follow up with them, make them feel good about what they're doing. 
it's it's all the same. You know, you've got sales, you've got customers. It doesn't matter what the process is. If you solve somebody's problem, but you never go back and tell them that the problem has been solved or show them how easy it is, then you're not making that customer feel good. Yeah. And that's really it's really about making the customer feel good about what they're what they're purchasing. Well, so Taylor, I got a question for you as we're rounding out here. So obviously, you guys have this amazing service, Closing Commander. I mean, everybody here needs to subscribe to it. But we've been talking this whole episode just about follow up in general. So if you're a business that you know maybe you're struggling, there's not the dollars and cents, whatever it is, and they're not ready to commit to Closing Commander, it's totally fine. But like, what can companies start doing today to help them get started for free with this follow up process? So when when we first did our Spark Marketer with our marketing company, um, it's the same follow-up system that I had when I was in the mortgage business and in finance business. And it was a card, just a three-by-five cards that would put in a shoebox. You know, it had the months and the days in it and you just start the system you could do it on calendars today you know everybody's got some kind of a calendar uh, system that they've got on computers but i always like the three by five card method because it's that tangible thing to look yep. at so the people that i would follow up with when i when i sent out a, an estimate or sent out a in, in my particular deal i would send out a quote then i would put them in for follow-up for three days and then i would call them back and email them. And if I didn't hear back from them, they went into a week and I just kept that going. And you just figure out, it's the same thing that we've done. You just figure out what works for you in your business, but you have to keep track of it and you have to make time for it. And this is the thing that I tell people follow up. You are going to do one of two things. You are going to either spend money or spend time. And you have to determine what your time is worth to find out which one is actually the best for you. That's a great point. Yeah. And and in our business, I mean, I was the first tester of Closing Commander in Spark Marketer. I, it, it was fantastic. I loved it. Uh, some of the things that, that we changed is because I wanted it changed a certain way. And Carter and the guys did me a solid <laughs> and got it changed. Um so yeah, I was I was the first tester in the whole thing, and it really it, it's it's a automatic version of what I used to do uh, manually. Yeah, it, it really is time versus money though, and that's what you have to determine. Yeah, that's really good, and I, you know, for us because you know we it's just been more recent that we've come on board with closing commander, but for the last couple of years, our system has been that we expect seven follow ups on all of our best opportunities. So we rate our jobs on a scale of A, B, C, D, and F. If it's an F, it doesn't get bid. If it's a D, it probably shouldn't get bid, but you know they, they still do a lot of the time. And you, know, you can pick whatever scale you want for these jobs, but every company has estimates they write up that are better opportunities than others. You know, they're higher time, higher profit, lower risk. They're more in line with your expertise. You have other jobs that are high risk, low profit, high time. And you know, the reality is what I would do with my teams is I would say, look, your C and D level stuff, I don't care. 
I don't care. You can you can do that however you want. But your A and B level opportunities, you got to follow up with seven times. And I would require that you know we'd keep a we keep a spreadsheet of the open opportunities. They would mark when they followed up. They'd have to send it to me on a weekly basis. And frankly, I mean, my team is really good, but it was a huge pain to manage because even though we've got this system in place, I got to police it. And you know what we found is automating that has saved time of both me and my sales team. And it's actually increased our customer satisfaction, but there, there are ways to do this that don't cost you money. That's the point I want to, I want to make. What were you going to say, Carter? The time thing too. And Taylor's right. It's time or money, but there's a third component there that we don't often think about, which is energy, right? The, the, the psychological energy that it takes to, to spend my time doing this follow-up, right? To sit down with that shoebox and to look at the list of people that I need to call today and then actually do that, actually summon up the energy that it's going to take to, to psychologically prepare myself for those conversations and, and possibly being rejected or hearing no. And that energy itself is, is one of the things that I find is, is worth more than almost the time or the money because because it's the hardest hurdle for salespeople to overcome. What I love about automating it now uh, is it not only reduces the amount of time it takes, but it completely makes the energy part go away yes. too. Now I can focus yeah. on the new person walking in the door and just know that Mrs. Smith that I gave an estimate to three days ago is going to hear from me seven times and that's going to happen automatically without me doing another single thing about it. Yeah, I'm with you. Now, so one more thing. If people are listening to this and you're trying to think about, okay, I understand follow-up's a problem, but I'm not ready to commit to a, you know something that's going to cost me money. I think I can manage this myself. Honestly, if you want something that won't cost you anything to be able to motivate your people to do follow-ups, change their comp plan. Taylor, you were talking about that a little bit earlier, right? Absolutely. I mean, you know, when you, when, I'll, I'll just tell you, the, I was a master at follow-up because if I didn't, I didn't eat. <laughs> it's amazing how that motivates you. Yeah. It's a big motivation. Uh, if you can't, you know, make your, your bills and, and eat every day, it, it makes people follow up. It, it turns them into one of two things. Either they become really premium salespeople or they get out of sales. And that really is the defining moment uh, when you have that. But for those companies that, that really want to uh, you know, there are a lot of salespeople that just don't like commission, but they're great at relationships. And so you, I think you have to really think about how you want to do things and and what type of a sales organization you want to have. Um, and, and either one of them is fine. It's not a good, best or better. Uh, they're all OK, but you have to set comp plans up. In a way, if you want follow-up to happen, yeah, the, the people that follow up are the ones that are commission sales, 100%. Well, and I mean, I'll, I'll get kind of bold here. I mean, I am just convinced in sales, if you are not paying based on performance, you are screwing yourselves as a business and your people. There's no other way around it. I mean, it's the truth. And there's a sliding scale of base versus commission and bonus, and I'm all for that. But in sales, if you don't pay for performance, you will not get it. And if you think you're getting it, it's not going to last. It's, it's the truth. And it's the, the thing is that people will do the behaviors that we reward. So mm -hmm. if you just 
pride yourselves on, well, we don't have a commission. Everybody is on the same salary. You know, over time, what's going to happen is you are going to see that your people get rewarded for doing nothing, for sitting around, for not calling customers back. And what do you think they're going to do? And it doesn't mean they're bad people, but it's like we all work this way. No, and I, I think it's very true. I think the the thing to remember is as a company, the better tools that you give your salespeople, the better they can perform Absolutely. as well. Absolutely. So I think that, I think that, you know, it's like we talked to somebody just recently that said, yeah, you know, we don't really have a really good CRM, but that's okay. Everybody kind of does their own thing. And I died a little bit inside because, you know, if you don't provide really good tools for, you know, for people to be able to perform their jobs, it's like sending anybody out on a call, but you know, you don't give them screwdrivers or a drill or any of the things that they may need to do a service call, but you know, that's okay. It just doesn't work that way. So given Giving your sales guys tools is just as important as giving tools to anybody else. Taylor, I am so glad you went there. I've been given a presentation for the last month or so that's called Make It Easy, How to Sell More by Eliminating Customer Confusion. And a big part of that is literally give your people tools. As a sales leader, your job is to remove roadblocks from your people. And that means giving them tools. And in the same way that you wouldn't send someone to go climb Mount Everest wearing shorts and a t-shirt, you cannot expect your sales team to win more customers over when you haven't given them the tools to do it. I'm so glad you said that. Especially when you're talking about commissioned employees. Commissioned employees are typically will outperform non-commissioned employees, but they're also faster to jump ship and go somewhere else to to make more. Mm -hmm. And so if you can give them tools that retain your top salespeople, you know, because they feel supported in what they're doing, they're being asked to deliver a certain result. They want to make as much as they can. And they feel like the company that they work for is giving them the tools to make that process as effective as possible for them and for the company. That's, that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a retention point. I mean, that's something that a, that an employee thinks about when they think about jumping ship. It's like, yeah, I don't know if they're going to support me as well as the company that I'm at. Man, well, we'll have to do a podcast at some point on how to build a comp plan that works both for the people and also for your business. But I don't want to get too distracted from the follow-up right now. Where I do want to go, I got one last question for you guys, is this is something I hear all the time. So you get high volume salespeople that are good at what they do. They're super, super busy. And you talk to them about starting to follow up with their customers. And they tell you, I don't have time. What do you say to businesses and salespeople that say, I don't have time to follow up? I tell them that they're lying to themselves. You, it's, it's like anything else. Whatever is important to you, you make time for, period. If it's important, you're going to make the time. Everybody I know, I've asked my kids this question, and it's something I've asked a lot of people, is have you ever not done whatever it is that you really wanted to do in your life? And no one has ever said no. There are things that you don't do that you may want to do, but let me tell you, if it's important to you, you figure out how to get it done. I don't know anybody that hasn't done that. So if sales is important to you, if follow-ups important to you, you figure out and find the time to get it done. It's it's just one of those things that we're not being honest with ourselves. It's If we're not doing it, it's because it's just not that important to us. Yeah. Carter, what do you think? What do you say when people say, I don't have time to follow up? 
so actually, this is something that Taylor just recently uh, shared with me. It was just an email that he received from a business coach, but it was talking about mindset. And there's two generally two mindsets that that business owners uh, adopt, you know, and, and at any given time, any business owner could be in one mindset or the other mindset, but it's important to identify those mindsets. And the first one is that mindset of abundance. You know, it's the belief that I have enough time to do the things that are important. I have the skill that I need, or that if I don't have the skill, I have what I need to get the skill, uh, to be successful in what I'm doing. Right. It's that mindset of abundance. Um, then there's the mindset of lack or or that there's there's not enough time. There's I, I don't have the resources that I need and I'm so strapped that I, you know, I'm I'm I can't take advantage of the opportunities that I even have. Um, you know, it's I'm always behind the eight ball. There's always too much to do. There's always I don't have enough time. And so obviously this question helps to illustrate that mindset of of a lack of something. And I think we just have to challenge it and say, you know what? I'm not sure that that's true. I'm not sure that the belief that I don't have enough time to follow up is true. I think that we're just like Taylor said, making a different decision about what's true. And, and if we can challenge that and truly realize that the fortune is in the follow-up, that everything we want happens when we do the hard things, then we'll figure out a way to make that uh, uh, and a crucial part of our world class sales process. Yeah, guys, that is amazing. I, I'm I'm all in for the abundance mentality. It's the reason I'm doing this podcast. Is like, you know, there's abundance out there, and, and I've had people say, "Hey, what if your competition listens to it? What if a rival manufacturer listens to it?" And I'm like, you know what? I believe that there's enough for everybody. And yeah. the truth of the matter is like. If we're not even following up with our customers, why are we worried about what our competition's doing? You know, exactly. <laughs> well, guys, I really appreciate you coming on board today. It's been awesome to chat with you. Where can people get a hold of Closing Commander? Yeah, it's super simple. Our website is just closingcommander.com. Uh, lots of good information there about uh, about the tool. There's a calculator if you want to play with that and find out just how much, uh, you know, what's possible and if you could get 14 to 20 percent uh, of a return on on that and additional revenue in your business. And then if you'd like to sign up for a demo, there's a way to be able to do that. There's a 14 day free trial on the website too if you want to sign up and just, uh, you know, play with it and experiment with it. You've got 14 days to do that. And like you said, it's it's a very affordable way. We wanted to make it affordable because we truly believe that uh, by providing it at this price, more people are going to use it. And our goal for businesses is to make them more successful in turning the leads that, that they spend so much for in marketing, even if they don't spend it with us, they're spending it somewhere. We want to make that more effective uh, for them so they get more from it. Well, you guys are doing an amazing service to our industry. Thank you so much for talking to me today. I'll see you guys later. Thanks, Tim. It's good to talk. Well, I hope you guys got some serious value out of that episode. I love getting the chance to talk to Taylor and Carter. And honestly, you know, if there's one thing that you take away from this, man, follow-up is so important, and it is a missed opportunity for businesses all over our country. You know, I've been on the phone with major manufacturers, with dealers that are doing tons and tons of volume, and so many companies don't have follow-up figured out. And And I don't look at it as, as shaming you or anything like that, but I look at it as opportunity. You know, if you've had the level of success that you've had so far without follow-up, what would happen if you trained your team to be diligent in the way that they followed up 
with customers. It's worth thinking about. And I know that this conversation is long, but my hope is that you know the principles we talk about, many of them are free. And yeah, absolutely, Closing Commander is a great service. You can pay for it. But Carter and Taylor are really transparent with the fact that you know, you don't have to use their service. There's lots of things you can do for free to get started and move the needle. So hopefully you guys were able to take some notes and get some things to circle back on with your team so that you can start following up and closing more sales. So Taylor and Carter came to me and they said, hey, we want to do something for the members of your audience that are interested in closing commanders. They actually have a deal that is 10% off their monthly subscription. And it's not just a one-time thing. This is reoccurring for as long as you have it. And it's just for members of this audience. And if that's something that you're interested in, you can go to the website about.closingcommander.com slash it's fire time. Now, I'll say that again. It's about dot closing commander dot com slash it's fire time. I've also got a link in the show notes for you. But I'm gonna tell you this. This is how much I believe in this product, guys. When Carter and Taylor showed it to me, I said, I will not take my own deal that I'm given on the show. I will not pay 10% off for this because I want to pay full price. It is that good. So literally, guys, you are going to get a better deal on this than what I'm getting. And uh, you know, I hope it helps you out. And if not, there's some great tips in this episode that at no cost you can put in place to move the needle. So with all that said, guys, we will have a question and answer episode coming up soon. So keep sending your questions in to Tim at itsfiretime.com. That's Tim at itsfiretime.com. And we'll be getting to those very soon. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Like I said, man, I hope this week you can follow up with your customers and close more sales than ever. Thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast. To learn more, visit the website itsfiretime.com. Music from this episode was written and recorded by In Bloom out of Portland, Oregon. We thank you for listening to the Firetime Podcast, where it's never hot enough, slow is fast, and the way to win is to make it so stupidly easy to buy from you that there's no excuse not to. We'll see you next time. I'm all in to burn.